This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? On today's show, we are lucky enough to get to speak to Paul Craig, the man that blew up Bama, became the light heavyweight champion. He's now got the knock on the door from the UFC and he couldn't be more excited about it. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly right, man. All I needed was, all I needed was that door to be opened and allow me to come in. Once I come in, man, I, I ain't going anywhere and I'm going to... I believe, man, I'm going to do some damage and I'm going to uh, have some fun. He makes his debut December the 17th in Sacramento. That's the night where Paige Van Zant is headlining the show. He's had a few funny thoughts about that young lady. <laughs> you know what? I had, that, I, had a, I had a dream a few a few nights ago. It must have been like the end of last week. I dreamt I was in the same locker room as Paige Van Zandt. <laughs> Paige Van Zandt. And then get a bit weird in terms of being... I, me training in there for some sort of dirty movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those that don't know, Paul is a teacher. I know, this story is absolutely amazing. He went into school to tell the kids that he signed for the UFC and they started giving him technical advice. Because the kids have already done it. The kids have already been on. <laughs> really? Brilliant. They've already yeah. found out his weaknesses. Well, Paul, this is how you're going to... <laughs> this is, this is, you've got to remember, this is like 13 to like 16 year olds telling me how to beat my opponent, which is great. And <laughs> it's, it's bringing this love at MMA into Scotland because it's not been there. Um, there's m- some missed opportunities with, with Bama and all that, but UFC are going to get it and UFC are going to go get it a lot bigger this time. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, welcome to episode 44. Um, I know that uh, we're a little bit of time away from UFC 205. There's a great show this weekend in Mexico, which we're going to be previewing uh, very shortly. But you can't really avoid UFC 205 at this moment in time. Obviously, it's in New York City. Everybody seems to be talking about it on social media. It's going crazy, even though we're still, what, nine days away from it actually happening. And we've got quite an impressive show in Mexico going on this weekend, man. Everybody's going crazy for UFC 205. Because it's ridiculously stacked. <laughs> it why. is, isn't it? It's 13 fights of stacked action. You know, the, from the very first fight to the last, it's a belter. Can't wait. Cannot well, you wait put out on our it. social media this week, right? So I, I know that we'll talk about this next week in our UFC special uh, next Thursday. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you don't, then you're going to be missing out because we've got loads stacked up uh, for the UFC 205 special show next Thursday. But you put yeah. out on our social media, on our Facebook page, at Fight Disciples, just in case you're interested. Um, out of the, I think you put nine fights out there, which are in, involved in the in the main card. I think there's twelve in total, but you I think you put nine out there. Yeah. Uh, and you were asking people that follow us, um, which one are you looking forward to the most? Now you start to make an argument for one fight, and then your mind wanders to another fight, and you think, actually, I'm talking bollocks here. I'm going to go and think about this fight for a minute, and then you start thinking about that fight, and then your mind wanders to another fight. So yeah. you put the question out: which one are you looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to Rashad versus Tim Kennedy. Shout. Which is the fifth fight on the card, which is mental when you look at how good the card is. But I'm a huge Rashad Evans fan. I love Rashad. He's an absolute diamond. Really nice guy. And uh, I'm interested to see what he can do down at middleweight. Tim Kennedy, you know, who doesn't like Tim Kennedy? Guy's a, you know, he's an assassin for the Marines or whatever it was, a US Green Beret or... I know he's an he's a instructor, firearms instructor and all kinds. So, you know, he's like a proper typical American hero. So uh, that's a belter of a fight. But obviously that's, you know, you look up the card and you're right, Adam. Take your pick. It's also coin. 
You know, where's Fight of the Night coming from? Amazing. I'll tell you where it's coming from. You ready? Yeah. It's coming from the Polskis. That's where it's coming from, my friend. You reckon? You're such a Dreck fan, aren't you? Do you know why? Oh, my God, you're obsessed with her. Johanna, if you're listening to the podcast this week, I've got a little bit of a pitch for you, right? Because I've been doing a bit of reading about her. Um, and obviously this fight against Carolina, don't expect that I'm going to be pronouncing any surnames here, all right? So Johanna against Carolina um, at UFC 205, I'm extremely excited for because this is a battle of the Poland girls. Uh, these girls uh, have fought before in the amateurs. Uh, Johanna got um, the one-up on that particular fight, but they're both undefeated. And therefore this could be the fight of the night. And before we even get into the realms of why I think it's the fight of the night, Johanna, if you're listening, this is my pitch because I've noticed that you're having troubles with management at this moment in time. You are looking for somebody to represent you, to get you the money. That's her words, not mine, all right? Her words. She is the queen when it comes to this particular division. She's smashing everybody in its wake. And you should be getting paid, my dear. You should be getting weighed in on those pay-per-views. You should, without any shadow of a doubt. If you need the mouth from the South, if you need a a Paul Bearer undertaker type of relationship, if that's what you need, if you need a little bit of Jimmy and Hulk Hogan type vibe, yeah, I'm your man. Come and get me, baby. I am ready to represent you. I'll speak to Dana. I'll tell him what you're worth. I'll get you the coin. Take 10%. But we'll do it, man. Let's get it on, yeah? Let's do it. If you're looking for management representation, Johanna... There ain't nobody that loves you more than me, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> How can she get in touch? How can she get all of you? At Fight Disciples, man. At Fight yeah. Disciples. That's all you got to do. Just there send us know. a tweet. You know what I mean? Chrissy Cyborg does. She, she tweets us just uh, repping the stuff that yeah. we put out on a week-to-week basis. So I don't know why you can't get involved with it, Johanna. Okay, maybe we should do maybe a Polish version of the show so you can fully understand the type of lingo that I'm talking. <laughs> maybe we need a red button that comes along with it for you. But, you know... I'm here for you. Anyway, I'm here to get you that coin and obviously get myself a bit of coin, but I'm here to get you the coin. That's what I'm here for, babe. So when you're ready, give me the shout. It's a shout. It's a shout. You know, those two Polish girls will not take a backward step. It's just mental. But the the thing that's... Listen, what are we now? 10 days out? 10 days out from this event? Yeah, yeah, 9, 10 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're getting to that point now where, you know, something's got to give, something's got to happen. You know, it's all been a bit too smooth at the moment. Obviously, there's a... Do you reckon there's a dropout coming? Well, I think so, yeah. There's a there's a big press conference on Thursday night with, with Eddie Alvarez and Connor, of course. That's that's obviously the main focus uh, in, in the countdown. And then, obviously, we'll get to next week with the final head-to-heads in the, in the ceremonial way and whatever else. But I just think this card, it's an amazing... You know, first ever card in New York City, Madison Square Garden... It's just gone a little bit too smoothly at the moment. You know, it took 18 years for the UFC to return to New York State. It was a fight to the to the death almost with the uh, with the New York Senate and everything else. It's been ugly. It took so long. Now it's done. Now it's locked down. It, it's just going a little bit too swimmingly for me. And I don't mean to, you know, poor 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 anything. You're pissing on the, the, pissing on on the, the bonfire. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you're doing. Say, yeah, I'm pissing on the bonfire. But listen. Ten days is a long time in the UFC, as we well know. Yeah, and these thirteen fights—I don't, I just can't see all thirteen surviving. I just hope if there is any changes, it's changes to the prelim card and not to the not to the top main card. We don't want any of those three title fights to drop off. Definitely not. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that we get a, we get what we're hoping for. But if, listen, if I was, we've got a lightweight title fight, a welterweight title, middleweight, a big middleweight fight. Yeah, you know. 
If I was anybody in those weight divisions not on this card, I would be in shape. I would be cutting weight. I'd be waiting for the phone to ring. You know, if I was Damian Meyer or if I was, you know, Khabib, who's obviously on the undercard anyway, or Michael Johnson. One of those guys has just got to be looking constantly at Alvarez and McGregor's Twitter feed because if any of them drop out, opportunity will knock. Connor doesn't drop out. Connor ain't going to drop out. But the thing is, though, there's been a lot of rumours about um, him getting sparked in training. I know that uh, Coach Kavanagh put poo-poo to that. He said that's yeah. a lot of bollocks. Yeah. Um, but there are rumours knocking about that he broke his nose in training, that he's had a little bit of trouble in training, all these types of things. But I suppose... Yeah, that, well, that's listen, kind of... At so, the end of the day, it, it adds to it, doesn't it? It adds to it. Well, listen, if I was coaching a fighter to, go, to get ready to fight El, Adia, Eddie Alvarez, I would be getting him beat up in training as well. I would be putting him under it because... If this go, if this fight goes Eddie Alvarez's way, and it may well do, Connor's gonna have to come through the trenches. He's gonna have to take a bit of a beating. He's gonna have to still be there after a few rounds. Settle down, settle still, down, settle still down. Still push that Eddie. Settle down. That's next week's show. Settle down, okay. man. Look at you. You're flying already. God, I'm excited. You're jizzing excited. all over the podcast. That's what you're doing. You say, listen, have it now. Have it now. No, hold it back. Next week, man. Next week is when we'll do all that. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. This is a huge night for Rafael Dos Anjos. Obviously, he's coming off the back of a defeat against um, Eddie Alvarez, where he lost his lightweight crown, the 155-pound title. He is taking on... I mean, a lot of people, when they see that name, Rafael Dos Anjos... Um, if you're a casual fan, you'll know that name because it was linked to Conor McGregor. He pulled out of that fight and then obviously he was the lightweight king and he got beat off Eddie Alvarez. So you automatically think that he's the main man in this particular fight. And don't get me wrong, he's a great fighter, mm-hmm. but he's taking on Tony Ferguson. Now, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Tony Ferguson because I think that he's been screwed a little bit by the UFC. Yeah. And the reason why I think that is because this kid is on an eight-fight winning streak, yeah? And he still can't get himself a title shot. What is going on? It's uh, it's mental, isn't it? Absolutely mental. Him and Max Holloway. I don't know what they've done to piss people off to piss off Joe <laughs> Silver at the UFC. But both these guys are on eight fight winning streaks and can't get a can fight, title fight for love and money. Have you seen the stat about them two? The stat about them directly? Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, in the whole history of the UFC, so 23 years of the UFC, right? Yeah. Nobody, no fighters have had um, eight plus consecutive wins without having um, a title shot, apart from these two. Yeah. They're yeah, the so. only two in the whole history. So it happens all the time. So people go on a little bit of a win, like four on the spin, right? You're in there. Let's get in there. These yeah. lads have had eight plus. Max is going for 10. It's you know what I mean? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is insane, yeah. And it's just, unfortunately for Max, he finds himself in a featherweight division that's completely on lockdown until till hopefully next Saturday when, you know, if, if Connor wins the lightweight title... Connor chucks him a bone. That's what he, it is. He, he'll have to give up the featherweight belt. He can't just keep both belts because he ain't ever going back down to featherweight. Connor made that quite clear this week. Uh, he did a video blog and yeah. he says that he's going to smash all the lightweights after Alvarez. So he's got no intentions of going back to featherweight. So he must be stripped uh, after New York regardless. Or certainly if he's, you know, if he wins the lightweight belt. Just coming back to Tony Ferguson, though. Tony Ferguson, for me... You know, he's, he, he may not be the, the favourite lightweight on the planet. He may not be everyone's first choice as being the best lightweight on the planet. But tell you now, I, I think he's going to smash the Sanyos to bits. Same. I think he's going to do an absolute number on the Sanyos. And I think he's going to put himself in a real strong position. You can't not give him a title fight if he smashes no. the, the Sanyos. But then, okay, so what about if Khabib wins, though? If Khabib wins in New York, Fucking Khabib hell, yeah. is the guy that everyone's been saying has got to have the next shot. So if Khabib does a number on Michael Johnson, 
and Tony Ferguson does a number on Rafael de Sanos, you've got two absolutely legit lightweight contenders there for the winner of Alvarez versus McGregor. But I like this event this weekend in Mexico City. It's been weird. It's been weird having a couple of weeks off from the UFC, hasn't it? I know we had the cancelled Philippines event, and then last week there was no event scheduled. So, But uh, it feels like, well, you know, it feels like mid-season, if you like, because we're just used to having an event every weekend yeah. these days, like UFC overload. But this is a good one to come back with. You know, I think the Mexican fans have shown in the past that they turn out in force. It's the tough Latin America season three finale, which to listeners probably means the same as it means to me. Pretty much fuck all. Uh, I've got no idea who's in the season finale of t- tough Latin America three. I'll probably find out when I tune in on on Saturday. But the main thing, the, that main event fight is completely legit. Plus Diego Sanchez is on there, and we know Diego Sanchez is crazy as fuck. Always an interesting fight. One to look out for is that Beniel Dariush on the who's the lightweight as well on the undercard. He's fighting that Magomedov, who's a really good Russian. That's a good fight. That's another good... You know, that lightweight division, you know, I think that's probably the most stacked division in the UFC right yeah. now. And Connor, you know, if he wins, if he wins in two weeks' time, and, you know, from a, a media perspective, kind of hope he does, even though I've, I've met Eddie Alvarez and he's an absolute diamond of a guy. I love the fact that Eddie Alvarez has achieved the dream of conquering Japan, coming back and winning Bellator, and then gone on and won the UFC belt. He, he's you know, he's really reaffirmed his legacy as one of the best lightweights of all time. But let's be honest, from a media perspective, we want Connor to win. We want the crazy show to continue. Yeah, man. Um, but that lightweight division is fucking stacked. Now, I was reading something this week that... Rumours coming out of Ireland, you know, obviously Connor said he's got a big announcement after this yeah. fight. Yeah, what is that? And, well, the big announcement, there was a rumour going round that Dee, his, 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 his long-term partner, was pregnant and they were going to start a family and he was going to take some time out. And then there was a rumour saying that he was obviously going to pursue the Mayweather fight or maybe do some kind of kickboxing thing on his own. From what I gather, that's, that's kind of bullshit. Uh, the, 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 the strength seems to be the, the personal life thing. You know, it's kind of, I think Connor's almost seen the, the year that Ronda Rousey's had. Um, and his stock has done anything but go down. In fact, it's gone up, even though she lost. You know, it, it, initially she had, there was a lot of negativity towards Ronda, but now she's coming straight back into a title fight. She's had a, basically a nice year off to recuperate, spend time with, with her boyfriend, Travis Brown, and rebuild in the gym and let old, old wounds heal up. I think Connor's just kind of had a look at that, you know, and you know what, I, I fancy that. Maybe he does want to start a family, but I think he just thinks, I've, I've worked my balls off. He's been in the UFC for about three or four years. He's, he's, he's had so many fights, and if you think he had a year off with a knee injury as well, mm. but he's fought, you know, on average four times a year or something crazy like that. He's generated more pay-per-view pounds than anybody else. He, I think he's looking at likes of Ronda, even Mayweather, and, you know, these people are having time off and coming back, and their stock is not falling. The money is still there. I think Connor's thinking, you know what, 2017 off sounds good to me. I can chill out. I can get to a couple of other business opportunities that are open to me now. I'm sure Ari, Emmanuel, the new owners of the UFC, all those guys at William Morris and Devon IMG, I'm sure they've got a fucking a wish list a mile long of, of, of media and TV and movie offers for Connor on the table where he can make a shit boatload of money. So I think there's maybe I think a year off would probably not surprise me if he announced that after New York. To be honest, though, from a from a professional opinion, from a from a, a fight fan opinion, when you look at this lightweight division, when you look at Khabib, when you look at 
Tony Ferguson, Rafael Desanos, Michael Johnson's on a tear again. The fact that Cowboy can come back down any moment. Fucking killers, man. That lightweight division is full of monsters. And then no there's nobody there that you can say to Connor, there's a there's a gimme title defense. They're all absolute monsters and they bring so much different so many different skills to the table. I, you know, I ain't saying for a second, listen, for me, the best Connor McGregor we've seen prior to the UFC was when he won the lightweight champion in Cage Warriors. When he won the lightweight championship in Cage Warriors, when he moved up to lightweights, he looked amazing. He looked absolutely brilliant. So we're gonna see, I think we're gonna see the very best Conor McGregor in New York. The very best. I just don't think we're going to see much of him in 2017 to follow up because, you know, there's money to be made. Look at you. Still getting it onto Connor, aren't you? I can't help it. I can't help getting back to New York. We're supposed to be selling Mexico. <laughs> looking at Mexico this weekend. But look at that Mexico card then, Adam. Come on, what, what, what's your pick? What, what, Top five. To of course, at? mate. I've told you, Tony Ferguson is my boy. I love Tony Ferguson. I think he's a submission king. I think he's, I think he's very unfair. Uh, that the lad has uh, not got himself a world title fight. I think he will do a, a number on Rafael Dos Anjos, which is a shame because I like Rafael as well. I think he's a top fighter. I think Tony does a job, and that's the that's the, really the only fight for me that I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, yeah. He's come so far since he won tough, Tony Ferguson. Mm. But if you think, since he won tough, he's won tough 13, I think it was. Tough 13, which must have been back in 2000. 2010, 2011. Anyway, whatever. When he first came into the UFC, so he's he's lost once yeah. since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got beat by Michael Johnson. Yeah, that is the only fight, and it, but that was a, a points fight anyway. It went the distance. He never got stopped. He never got submitted. Mate, he's nails. He, you know, he's, <laughs> he's lost one fight since he got in the UFC in 2006 years, and he's still not. He still hasn't had his title fight. It's mental when you think about it. Absolutely mental. And people who train with Tony Ferguson, I've never met Tony Ferguson. I've spoken to him on the phone. I've never met him in real life. I've never seen him train. I've seen him fight, obviously, but I've never seen him train. But people who train with him, people who are actually in the gym with Tony Ferguson, I remember listening to Charles Sonnen talk about him one time. And he was like, this guy's a fucking monster. The fact that he's a lightweight and he, the things that he can do, the strength that he's got, the power that he's got, the submission game and the boxing skills that he's got, he's, he's, like, he's such a well-rounded athlete that Charles Sonnen was kind of like, fuck, that's what it that's what it really you know that's the full evolution that's what the next generation looks like that's what it can do and this is what tony ferguson is so you know i, I i'm with you i think tony ferguson does a proper number on uh, an rda this weekend and um, and the good thing about tony ferguson is he's not shy in coming forward no. he will be screaming for the winner of alvarez versus mcgregor and i think if he does a big number on rda which we think he will do i think he puts himself in a polar position for that Taking next, cashing checks. That's yeah. what they say, baby. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Other news in the UFC this week. Uh, John Jones cleared and making noise on social media. Piping up again is the boy in here, you know what I mean? Curls in a little <laughs> bit of interest. I like it. I like that Johnny Jones has decided that his thumbs are working again for his Twitter account. I like that. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? it? I just want John Jones to come back, man. We know how you feel. We know what you feel about John Jones. What I feel about Johanna is what you feel about John Jones. You kind of like that he's a bit of a shitbag. He's the best to ever do it. and We just need to accept the fact that he's a dick. Once you get your head around the fact that John's a bit of a dick outside the octagon, then we can appreciate what he does inside the octagon. You know, it sounds like the the noises that we're hearing is that you sarded or wadded or whatever this week have, have, have kind of cleared them in terms of 
the supplements he's providing them with was a tainted supplement. Yeah, it's now just got to go before the Nevada State Athletic Commission because that was the the host athletic commission when he failed the test. So it's up to them now. Fuck knows what they'll do. You know, Nevada State Commission are like you know they just kind of make it up as they go along. That gang of clowns. So God knows what the punishment's going to be. But the noises that we're hearing, the fact that you saw them have pretty much cleared him, you'd like to think that he's going to get something similar to Yoel Romero, who successfully claimed he had a tainted supplement, and had his two-year suspension reduced to six months. If that's the case, obviously John Jones, he was tested, I think, in July. Yeah. Means he's probably, you know, he's ready to come. He's ready back to go, early man. Early in the new year, yeah. he's ready to go. He's been making noises, obviously, towards uh, the light heavyweight division, in particular the uh, UFC 206 boys. DC, a man that he was supposed to be fighting previously against Rumble Johnson in that fight, he's tipped DC to win it as uh, John Jones. Is that because he prefers him uh, in a matchup? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's. Well, no, I don't. I, I don't. I think it's the opposite, isn't it? It's the opposite. I think he just. I think he believes that DC is going to win, but he's actually come out and said. But I hope I want Rumble to win because obviously I want the Rumble match because that's the, that's one fight I've never had. So I, think I want that. A... I want the Rumble fight. No, yeah. no offense. I mean, I've been vocal about it. DC comes across as a top guy, and he seems a lovely, lovely guy. And I watch him on TV all the time, and you think to yourself, "What a top fella he is!" But his fighting style, because he's he's so heavily a wrestler, it, it just it can be a bit of a dull fight sometimes. Whereas even though Rumble Johnson is technically a wrestler, that's where his background is, he's a hell of a striker, man. He's got some fists on him, you know what I mean? And I just think him versus John Jones might be a little bit more exciting. Yeah, the thing with John as well is over the years he's proven, this is why you know I'm such a big fan, he likes to beat people at their own game. You know, he doesn't just go in there and, and out-wrestle strikers or whatever. He likes to beat people at what they do best, which is what's so cool about John Jones. Yeah. You know, we've seen how he handled Daniel Cormier last time. You know, I can't see that fight going any other way. I think he just outgrinds Daniel Cormier. He's just too big. He'd be all over him, uh, just like he was in the first fight. The difference with Rumble is that if John tries to stand and strike with Rumble, anyone that tries to strike with Rumble, you're rolling the dice because if Rumble lands, he'll switch your lights out. So I'm like, yeah, I would love to see that fight. Obviously, the fight I really want to see John come back is, is Gustafsson. I want to see the Gustafsson rematch, man. <laughs> that remains one of the best fights I've ever seen. So I want to see that rematch more than anything. And I certainly want to see it before John, you know, eventually goes up to heavyweight. You know, I think he will as long as eventually John Jones will compete at heavyweight. I just hope he fights Gustafsson before he does it. So You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, obviously, this weekend is all about Mexico. Next weekend is all about New York. Uh, December the 17th, it is all about Sacramento. Our eyes are on that for two reasons. Paige Van Zandt is on that card. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, it is... Faber's last fight. Uriah Faber's last fight it's, against it's, Brad Pickett. That's it. Great fight. Looking forward to that one too. Absolutely. Two great reasons to tune in. But there's also a third reason as to why we want to be tuning in is because one of our own... Um, has uh, got the call from the USC and will be making his debut. And that man is Paul Craig. You may remember him uh, from Bama, yeah, the former light heavyweight champion. He, um, has, well, he's, he's basically sensational. He's this kid, undefeated. He's come in, blown everybody away. The UFC have thought we'll have a piece of that and they've given him a call up and he makes his debut at Sacramento. Sensational for him. And I think it's only fair that we get him on the show. Paul, welcome, mate. Sacramento, you must be absolutely buzzing. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. You know, I, I'm... I... We had made this push for um, the Irish card, the Belfast card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it never pulled off. And I was like, the close it was getting to the event, I was like, well, that's UFC not happening for me another year. And then all of a sudden, it was Tuesday night, man, just a, a random Tuesday night. We get a phone call saying, 
you're going to UFC Sacramento. Ooh, yeah, man, crack up with the champagne, baby. <laughs> it's, the red, it's the red panty party pair. That's what it is, man. We've made it. <laughs> I know. And that's, that's exactly what man. All I needed was, all I needed was that door to be opened and allow me to come in. Once I come in, man, I, I ain't going anywhere. And I'm going to, I, I believe, man, I'm going to do some damage and I'm going to uh, have some fun. Well, Paul, you've, you've smashed up Bama. You know what I mean? You turned up there, mate. You've ripped everybody to pieces in there. You've become light heavyweight champion there, pal, undefeated. So why yeah. would you not have that confidence going into the UFC? Okay, there's some killers in there. That light heavyweight division, some great fights lined up for you, mate. But what an yeah. opportunity. Uh, you have to grab it with both hands, man, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Just get in there and kick. Like, I've spent a year sidelined, man, through mm. injuries, through yeah. brain, brain scan issues through opponents not not being able to sort opponents for me. I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. It's unbelievable, man. When you've been sat there, sidelined, and all your pals, all the guys in the gym, all your peers are out there tearing it up, and you're like, well, that's, that's another month of no fighting. Yeah. So hunger, hunger is what I've got, man. So I'm looking forward to this, and especially, not just a shitey European card, man, a proper <laughs> yeah. American card. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be some Peach Van Zandt, That's man. it, man. <laughs> Listen, your social media is going to go through the roof, brother, because they're going to be expecting uh, selfies with Paige backstage and all sorts of stuff. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I had, a, I, had a, I had a dream a few a few nights ago. It must have been like the end of last week. I dreamt I was in the same locker room as Paige Van Zandt. <laughs> Paige Van Zandt. It then got a bit weird in terms of being... I, me training in there to some sort of dirty movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. She, 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 she just goes, you know what, Paul, I don't want to fight. I've never seen a man more stunning than you. Like, <laughs> 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 That's me kicked out the UFC straight away for sexes. That's <laughs> it. That's it. It's, it's over before it even started, mate. It's over before yeah, it started. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy man, crazy. That you must have found that fr- not the Page Van Zant thing. You must have found this bit frustrating because, like you said, you've been very active, become champion, and in 2016 you've not had a fight, man. That must that must just do your head in. Yeah, it was because before when I turned pro, I basically spent a year fighting every other month. Yeah, uh, training, fighting, training, fighting. We managed to get the Carol Moore fight. I picked up a bad injury for Carol Moore's fight. I broke my metatarsal, mm. and but I'd already been shouting my mouth asking for this title shot. And when you get a title shot, I was like, right, I could, I can leave this and not fight for the title because I'm not 100. percent Or I could just say, let's go for it and fight. And that's what I went for. I went for the option A. Let's fight and let's, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And I, you're never going to fight 100. percent And because that had such a, I had a big reward with this fight. That's the reason why I'd, I'd accepted that fight with the injury. Um, and it worked out for me done him in the first round after everybody expected Martin Lazaro just to walk right through me mm-hmm. and it was the other way about I, I made him look like a wee boy So was it at that point was it Paul that the UFC got in contact has it been a year you've been kind of waiting or is it when was, when did the UFC first make contact and turn you getting the opportunity um, the UFC have been watching me for a while um, we've been offered it. we were offered a few cards prior to that we were offered to compete in the tough house as well but I had I had I'd signed a contract with Bama. Mm-hmm. Bama were really good to me, so for that reason, like I'm, I'm loyal. I'm not just going to say to Bama, middle finger up to you, and I'm going to jump away to UFC. And yeah. I still believed I had stuff to do within the European circuit. Then when the fights weren't coming in, I was kind of sidelined thinking, is this, is this what's going to happen to me? And I'm just going to get sidelined. I'm another year older, and I've not made any pro uh, progression through my actual career. 
and uh, I thought that was it going to be until like the UFC came back to Scotland or Britain, and, on, and it wasn't, man. That was the, that was the exciting thing. I'd sort of wrote this year off, being like, right, yeah. that's us, man. We're, we're sidelined. Let's we'll, we'll, we'll blast again, 2017, and then it just came through. Like I, I was down. I'm not going to lie to you. When you're chasing something like the UFC yeah, and it's no, and and you're losing these opportunities, and I thought that's me. I was down, man. I was lower than a snake's belly, honestly, man. I was like, UFC, <laughs> man. Dex, man, MMA. I was scunnered away. I was in every day training three times a day because I've not stopped for my for, uh, my last fight. I've went. I've just carry on. Um, so it kind of ripped the ripped the insides out of me a wee bit uh, that year because I was scunnering me. So I. So had you targeted in your... Because there's been a lot of noise, hasn't there, about Glasgow 2017 UFC re- returning there. I know that we just had Manchester. I mean, me and Nick were there and it were wicked for that British vibe once again being back over here and, and main car. Yeah. But there's no, there's noises that Glasgow's going to happen next year. Is that where you were in your head that you were thinking maybe that's the one? Yeah, I've heard those rumours. Uh, within Britain, I heard those rumours of London as well. There was yeah. London I'd heard and there was Scotland. And I'd said, well... I'm, there's a chance in London, but uh, it's more than going. To, it's more than likely they're going to showcase me at UFC Glasgow. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I was expecting. So I was like, right, that's going to be anyway, any time between January until let's say September. So that's when I was thinking. I was thinking that's another good few months. And I had looked at other promotions. We had had offers from other promotions, like uh, Risen had offered us to fight in a six-man tournament. Um, we had got offered to like One FC. We got offers to uh, loads of different promotions, but. What's the point of fighting in the third best, the second best? Yeah, exactly. man. You, yeah. you, want to, you want to fight in the number one. Champions League, innit? It's Champions League, you man. Want, you, want to, you, want to, you can get belts through all these promotions, and I'm under no illusion that I could go into these promotions and do the damage, you know, make a bit of money, uh, be happy. Oh, but in my heart of hearts, I'll always, I'll always be like, you know what? You might have won a belt under uh, the third biggest promotion, They'll never go that chance of the first biggest promotion. Yeah, and man. that would always fit in my head, man. And I did a guy in the pub saying, I could have made it, you know, when I'm like 60. Everybody knows that guy. Everybody knows him. I, He's drinking a pint of smooth at the end of the bar saying, hey, I used, I, to, I used to be a fighter, man. I used to be a fighter. Yeah. I used to be me, son. I used to be that guy. <laughs> if, if you don't take the chance, man, you, you never know what going what, what, what could happen. Yeah. And there's always the way. There's always in the way back down as well. You can go in and have fun in these promotions. But for me, and I was very vocal about. It, I went UFC is where I wanted to be, and now I'm there, man. I, Fair play, man. Fair play. It was awesome. No, what's the, what's the response been like with the with the kids, Paul? Obviously, uh, being a teacher yourself, what's it, what 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 was their reaction like when you told them you'd finally going to get a UFC shot? Well, I kind of so uh, the Monday I strolled back in. We had the October week, and uh, my social media just blew up. And we're in Monday, and I was like, kind of, you know, I'm going to play this down. I'm going to act this as if nothing's wrong. So I go in, kind of sit in the staff room, and uh, one of the guys comes over and he says, uh, congratulations. And I kind of was like, oh, well, what, what, what for? And he was like, uh, getting signed for the UFC. And I was, I was quite shocked because um, I don't have a lot of work colleagues on my my social media. Yeah, they're just work colleagues, aren't they? They're not friends. Come on, Paul, let's be straight, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Well, now no UFC fighter can say they're just minions. Just <laughs> but, so I don't have, and for them to say that, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd seen, uh, it was my partner who was telling me you get, you get signed to the UFC, and then it was all these kind of years pricked up, and there was people, oh, no, UFC. 
the minute I went into the kids, the kids knew. Like, yeah, of course they knew. Yeah, man. There was like one or two that the full class had known, and they were, uh, it, was, it was a surreal feeling. I felt like, you know that image of Conor McGregor where he's fighting Diaz and he's strolling through the cage? Yes, yeah. yes, the music's on in the background. <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Woo! <laughs> but um, I, hey, I don't need to do any. I don't need to do any research at all because the kids have already done it. The kids have already been on. Really? Brilliant. Already found out his weaknesses. Well, Paul, this is how you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is going to remember. This is like 13 to like 16 year olds telling me how to beat my opponent, which is great. And Brilliant. It's, it's bringing this love at MMA into Scotland because it's not been there. Um, there's some missed opportunities with with Bam and all that, but. UFC are going to get it, and UFC are going to go and get it a lot bigger this time, mm, especially yeah. when they've got uh, myself in the UFC. Like the guys that are in the UFC are, you know, they're doing the they're doing the business, but not one of them have got a bit of charisma. That's the only downside. They're That's like right. uh, they're like cardboard cutouts. So yeah. I'm, I'm we, 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 me and Nick on the, on this show, me and Nick have spoke so many times about. Okay, you can have all the talent in the world within the octagon, but you've got to do the business outside the octagon. You've got to go, you've got to make us be asked. You've got to make us care. You've got to make us want to watch you. And you're doing it, man. You've got the per, the personality is the thing that sells you that makes you get that fight. Yeah, that, that's that, as you're saying. It's like you've got guys in there who are who are the best fighters about. Like, let's take example, Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald's a crack fighter. Yeah. But he's just know this, you know this guy who people magnetise to, like Conor McGregor. You know what? Yeah. Like Conor McGregor got his his platform to spite his spout of shit, man. Everybody was talking about him. I've I've said this a few times. I was in class one day and uh, one of the big guys came out and he's like, "All right, Paul, who's your weekend?" Because they call me Paul. Um, I don't need to be called Mister Craig and that kind of stuff. It's, uh, so they call me Paul and he comes in and he says, "Did you see the Conor McGregor show?" It wasn't the Conor McGregor show. It was the UFC press conference, but he Jesus. turned into this. Yeah, man. He turned into this McGregor, and that's the kids love McGregor, and they yeah. keep asking me, they keep asking me, are you going to fight Conor McGregor? I was like, if I chop off my dick, I can fight. <laughs> and I'm like, Conor McGregor's like one five five, and I'm like two oh five. I'm doubling. That's yeah. where I keep all, uh, That's where I keep. That's where I keep all my weight. <laughs> you see, you see, just on this, on this, this is the funny thing because your social media this week, for example, it's been Halloween, yeah. And I know that yeah, your your opponent, I don't know much about him either. Nick will probably know a boatload about him. Luis Enrique de Silva, he goes by the name of Frankenstein. I don't know if you've seen this, Nick, but uh, Paul, <laughs> Paul dressed up as Frankenstein and it. started giving him shit, which was great, man. This is what it's all about. Fucking right, yeah, show man, business. It's, it's, uh, it gets it gets your name out there. It gets people to notice you, especially you know what the, the Yanks love the Halloween. Yeah. Um, so I put it out there. Um, it took me half an hour to paint my face after last night's training. I had this great idea. I was like, <laughs> you know what, man? I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to release this all at home. Painted my face with this green face paint. We bought a black face paint. Half an hour later. Bang the video out. I, I make that sound very smooth. It took me about like five or six tries to get this. <laughs> and some of the takes are brilliant. And then I then started to wash this off and I realised, oh shit. It stained all my skin green. So I'm trying to get this off. I'm in the shower. I'm using baby oil. I'm using all this. I'm, I was actually putting um, nail polish remover on my skin. On my, <laughs> my face is bright red. So half an hour to, half an hour to do this video, it took two seconds. An hour and a half to get it off, my face was skelting this morning just because I'd put all this crap in my face. Brilliant. And it was like, I was thinking to myself, man, that was not worth it. <laughs> At what point did I realise I fucked up, man? I messed up big time. <laughs> but, um, 
got, got some love as well, man. A few people have seen it and they found it quite funny. Mate, uh, it was. And that's what it's about, isn't it? That's what it's about. It's about making us connect with you on that level. And then when you get in the octagon, they go, fucking hell, this guy can fight as well, man. Exactly. It is about it is about that big impression. Sacramento, it's a huge card. There's a lot of eyes on it already because of you've mentioned Paige Van Zandt, but obviously Uriah Faber's last night out. You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of eyes on it, so it's a great opportunity for you to just come in without a big explosion. Yep. So the way I'm looking at it is, it's an end of an era and it's the beginning of a new era for me. That's right. how I see this. Uriah Faber's last night torch on to somebody else mm. in his gym, and this is my chance to take take it from me and run forward with. Uh, and, I, and I honestly believe that. Frank Stein, I'm a, I'm a really bad matchup for Frank Stein. He's a sloppy striker. Uh, Is this what the kids have told um, you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the kids. The kids, kids honestly, man, the kids have told me. He says, "Well, Paul, he's uh, he's on to he's on to the checkbook, so uh, just keep landing that, and you'll be fine." <laughs> uh, <laughs> the kids, I, I, like, see, actually, some of the knowledge of the kids is it's fantastic. It's yeah. brilliant, uh, and I, I go in with this sort of this uh, fifty kids looking into your opponent. It makes a difference. <laughs> It's like you've got a scouting system. You've got your own scouting yeah, system exactly. going on. Well, I so it's, it's pretty funny, man. The kids, the, the kids are right behind me. That's that's like the see the love I've felt for Scotland mm. and Britain, but my hometown, I felt loads of love, man. Just people messaging me, people, people I never thought were in AMA. And they're like, listen, you're doing this proud. You're doing your your hometown proud. You're doing your country proud. And it's a nice feeling, man. It's it's the feeling of love, man, within yeah. your community. It's pretty good. All that work puts a shit puts a shitty year professionally right behind you, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, man, it feels good. But uh, as well as that, for some like I'm now being like invited into like so obviously I work in high schools. I've been invited into primary schools, behavioural schools to do different stuff to like kind of motivate kids into taking up martial arts. Like we, for us guys who are like balls deep in martial arts, we know the benefits here. Yeah. But for like parents and like schools, man, they don't know the benefits of all this sort of respect, communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, discipline. It's for me. It's the fundamental. It's, it's fundamental skills that everybody should learn from a very, very young age. Even if they're never ever going to step in the octagon, yep. everybody in, in my should learn the martial arts and learn that discipline. I concur with that, man. I've got. I concur with that. I mean, me and Nick have got young kids. I've got a three-year-old. He goes to martial arts every Sunday morning, and the reason why he went is because he was aggressive. He was a little not naughty, but you know what I mean. He's just been a three-year-old. I tell you something. Yeah. Since he's been going to this class, he's so well behaved. He listens. His discipline's totally different. Like you say, I, I personally, as a dad, don't want him to fight. He might never fight, but the things he's learning are just second to none. Life skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Real yeah. Life skills. Well, I've got I've got a daughter as well. She's nine, and she's been coming to the gym with me for she's been about five, four. I bring her in. Uh, we do pads, a short technique. She picks it up. She does jiu-jitsu. She's working her way. She's a white belt, and she's got four tabs on her on her belt. She does the proper jiu-jitsu, and she learns everything. Yeah. I'm not showing her this sort of uh, hybrid version of what I'm learning myself. She's doing the same disciplines I'm doing. She's learning the wrestling. She's learning the boxing. I never ever want her to fight. I never want her to end up with big cauliflower ears, a broken nose, and all yeah. this kind of stuff. But I want her to... It's a discipline, and I want her to... Uh, be able to handle herself if ever that opportunity arises somebody's going to pick on her but the funny, the funny thing is she's in the gym and I let her spar with like the, I let her spar because there's a kids class and there's like some women come into the classes and do boxing and all that kind of stuff and the, the, kids, the kids and the women do some sparring, so my daughter's really tall she took my height and uh, she just leathers them and I'm like, <laughs> I'll bring over her name's Millie and I'm like, Millie hey, stop it and she's like, stop that. And I'm like, stop hurting them. And she's like, 
I don't mean to. And then I'm like, no, Millie, please stop it. And she's like, well, they're not protecting themselves. Like, <laughs> this excuse, like, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing what I'm doing, man. They're not protecting themselves. Give them any trouble. So you can't see it. But you know what? Everybody should do it. So I'm, I'm going in there and try to raise awareness within high schools and uh, primary schools, sorry, to kind of get parents into doing martial arts. And not even MMA, just any martial art, Absolutely. any martial art, anything, kids. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. What a top geezer he is, eh? What a top geezer. I know you've met him before and you've had you've had conversations with him before about his time in Bama, but that's exactly what all young fighters should be looking at. Yeah. He hasn't even he hasn't even been in the UFC octagon yet. And look at that. You want to see him fight now because you've we've taken to him because of the personality. This is what this game's all about. Exactly, you know, and uh, <clears throat> that lightweight light heavyweight division as well, like most in the UFC, it's a scary murderer's row when you look at the guys at the top, but Paul's got the right attitude. He's like it's taken me a long time to get in the UFC, but the job's not done. Like the whole point was to get there, to do something when I get there. And this guy's got the kind of record, you know, he's he's unbeaten, he's stopped every single opponent he's ever yeah, faced. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's a massive addition for the uh, for the for the for the UK, of course. It's great that we've got good guys competing in the UFC and um, I think he'll do the business. I think he could become a star and as we just learned there, he's a fucking diamond. He's an absolute top bloke. It's a true life. Here comes the boom story. You know, this is a guy that, except he can fight, sorry. But this is a guy that teaches secondary school kids. You know, he's a, as he said then, he don't call him Mr. Craig, he just call him Paul. But, <laughs> you know, he bops around school, he hangs out in the teacher's lounge. It's phenomenal that the kids can see that how acceptable martial arts is and even mixed martial arts is in, in society today that it's aspirational now you know he's doing a good thing he's a better than himself and the kids I love the fact that the kids are watching tape on, uh, on <laughs> giving him that, yeah, giving him, that's awesome great, isn't it, it? Absolutely. Listen, um, thank you so much for listening to us today. Um, this is our UFC podcast, as I'm sure you're fully aware. Um, and we give you one of these every Thursday. Next Thursday, of course, will be our UFC 205 special show. Make sure you come and join us because we're going to go through all the runners and riders of that particular fight. Fingers crossed by the time, the next time we talk, there won't be any dropouts. Everything will be absolutely nailed on. And what we see is what we get because it's going to be something special in New York. Throughout the course of the week, if you don't subscribe, please go to fightdisciples.com to subscribe to our podcast, fightdisciples.com, dead simple. And if you're on social media, at Fight Disciples. That's Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. At Fight Disciples, come and join the conversation. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.